toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Katie Allen. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Katie Allen. She is a mastery level certified self-love and wellness coach. She primarily works with women entrepreneurs to help them learn to feel great in their bodies and overcome a poor body image so that they can confidently step out of the shadows, get visible in front of the camera, and finally feel amazing in their body. She knows that as a leader, when you elevate your energy to that of self-love, you become utterly magnetic to your audience. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to join you guys and to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and what has led you down this path. Oh, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
I suppose before we get to the spiritual aspect, I think it's important to just to give you guys a quick background on the sort of self-love aspect because one sort of led into the other. You know, I do the work that I do and I'm passionate about speaking about it on podcasts such as this one and, you know, other platforms because for most of my life, I did not love myself. In fact, I disliked myself. I was ashamed of who I was. I was ashamed of what I look like. And I played very, very small. Um, I grew up being the fat kid. I was bullied. And I just did my best to blend into the background in every situation in life, whether that be with friends, um, in careers, you know, job prospects, um, relationships, every area of my life. I wanted to be invisible because I didn't feel worthy of being seen. At this point in my life, I didn't have any concept of spirituality, really. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even on my radar. And through my 20s is when my sort of self-love journey began. Um, it started with travel for me, but it, it really was sort of the spark of learning that maybe I'm not so bad. Maybe I'm kind of an okay person. And maybe nobody gives a crap about what I look like. Fancy that. And when I realized other people stopped, other people didn't care. It helped me sort of release the reins a little bit. And as I, you know, it's an ongoing journey, but as I have continued to step more and more into this place of loving myself, what I can see so clearly is that it is a spiritual journey as well, because to me, spirituality is like oneness. We are one, we are the same. And the highest vibration is that of love. And when you can cultivate that within yourself for yourself, you can cultivate that for others so much easier, others in your life, others on a universal level. And it's like this beautiful feedback loop that just like lifts you higher and higher and connects you more and more to other people. Does that answer your question? I feel like that was a really big, like <laughs> big circle. Well, that can be a very loaded question. You know, it's <laughs> like the spiritual journey. I mean, yeah. Like how much time we have, there's like this vast, you know, so many pieces, so many factors that make up our journey. And yeah. so, but yeah, no, I think that was a beautiful answer. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. And I, you know, really want to, you know, just kind of talk a little bit more about that, you know, where, where you came from that, because I think there's so many people in this world that just try to hide out, you know, that, try to blend in and, and, you know, that feeling of worthiness of being seen and that can be so scary for people. And so tell, talk a little bit more about what that was like for you and, and how did you shift from there into recognizing your worthiness and your, in, in that self-love process? Mm. Yeah, well, it was, you know, like I said before, it, it's definitely an ongoing journey, right? There's no, I believe that it's just a relationship with yourself and like every other relationship in life, it's constantly evolving and there's ebbs and flows. And But I would say that it began shifting for me. Uh, I was in my late twenties and I was at this place where I was deeply ashamed of what I looked like. I hated, I like, I hated what I looked. I was at that place on a vibrational level. I hated what I looked like. I was constantly speaking badly to myself. My inner talk was like horrendous. Um, you know, that, that inner mean girl, that inner bully, whatever you mm. want to call her, she was loud. She was the loudest voice in the room. And 
when I was 27, I decided from, I was living in Canada at the time, um, I decided to take a solo backpacking trip to Australia and New Zealand for three and a half months. And it was the scariest thing that I had ever done. Uh, but also it ended up being the, the thing that completely changed the whole trajectory of my life as a whole and of my relationship with myself. Because what ended up happening was that through that trip, I discovered that I am strong. I am capable. I'm really good at making friends. Um, I can learn new things. I'm adaptable. Um, I'm resilient, right? Like all of these things that I just had never thought I was. I thought that I was nothing, essentially. I thought that I was just plain, boring, vanilla, nothing. I was like, oh, I am strong. Oh, I am courageous. Oh, I am this. And when I started seeing those qualities in myself, it started slowly. Like it, this wasn't like a conscious thing at the time. It was sort of a subconscious thing. It was just sort of happening. It started slowly being reflected in my body. Like maybe if I'm okay, maybe my body's okay too, mm. right? Like it just, it just started slowly having little bits and pieces sort of planted in my subconscious. And then I can tell you the big shift in my body and being seen was when I started allowing myself to be seen by myself. Mm. So, so many people when, you know, you're suffering from a really poor body image, when you are really sort of hating who you are, we don't truly look in the mirror because that's a scary place, right? We don't truly want to see ourselves as people or see our bodies. And um, about a year after I took this trip, maybe less, um, I was living in Northern Australia. It was really hot. It was the middle of summer. It was like that sort of hot, humid where any piece of fabric on your skin feels like too much. And you just like, it's heat like I've never experienced before. It was tro tropical heat in the middle of summer. And uh, I do yoga. I've had a yoga practice for years, an at-home yoga practice. And I used to practice in the bedroom. Now the bedroom had an entire wall of floor to ceiling mirrors. <laughs> and if you've ever done yoga, you know that you're not just facing forward, right? Like you're twisting and you're turning and there's like downward dogs and you're, you see things from all different angles. <laughs> and at the beginning, I, I didn't, I didn't want to look at myself. Oh, I also forgot to say I was practicing naked because it was too hot to have clothing <laughs> on. Right. So I'm, here I am totally nude in front of these like floor to ceiling mirrors. And at the beginning, I was like, I just don't want to see. I would just close my eyes. I would look away. And I was just trying to feel into my body. And slowly over time, I started looking and I started seeing myself. And I started again, how I had seen those qualities in myself when I started traveling. I started seeing those qualities in my body. I am mm -hmm. strong. Look at my muscles. Look at what my body can do. Like, look at, you know, these things I never used to be able to do. Wow, I can do this and I'm flexible and I can do this. And I started really appreciating my body, not for what it looks like, but for what it is. And as the vehicle that I am privileged to exist in on this planet. And it just completely changed everything. That, that, that was to me, that was like the beginning of the shift in how I saw my body and how I related to my body big time. Mm. I love that story of embodiment, really, because mm. I think like you mentioned before, we spend so much time in our head with the negative self-talk, judging and criticizing and the I'm not enoughness that comes up. And but when we can move, whether that's on a backpacking trip, for me, I definitely identify with 
you know, challenging outdoor trips, hiking, and then moving in yoga, creating the space and actually just feeling in our bodies. It's amazing how that transformation happens. It's almost on a very subconscious level. It's not like you're thinking, oh, if I do yoga, then I'll start to like my body. It's, it's not quite that obvious. It's very subtle. And I think that story really kind of shows that we need to embody the experience or the person who we actually are. And then it does come up um, in, in various ways, whether it's yoga or hiking with a backpack on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So after this sort of like, I don't know if you call it a a slow aha moment, like when this started coming into, I would say like the idea of Mm self-love, like what, what is self-love actually? Because I think what we're told from society and social media and all the things isn't really an accurate, I would say, embodiment of what it actually is. So could you talk a little bit more up through your experience of what is self-love? Absolutely. Yes. And I think this is a really important question because there is this idea especially in the online space that self-love is like bubble baths and journaling and like getting mani pedis and like all those things are amazing. Absolutely. Like that's beautiful self-care if those things feel really nourishing for you. But to me, that's not self-love at all. To me, self-love is it's having your own back. It's being your own friend, your own cheerleader. It is being solid and I that's a difficult word and it doesn't quite capture it but it's like having this like being your own rock inside it is speaking kindly to yourself respecting yourself having compassion for yourself knowing that you are not perfect and that that is okay accepting yourself where you are while still pushing yourself to grow um, knowing that when you are criticized whether by your own inner voice or somebody else that it doesn't have to stick that you have a choice you know, it's, it's, it is, it's really difficult to make it tangible. I can tell you that (laughs) it's difficult to describe, but it's a, it's about creating a loving relationship within yourself. Right. And it is a relationship. It's not something that somebody else can see. It's not quantifiable. It's not like I did all these things on my to-do list. So now I love myself. It it's an, it's an inside job. It's an inside feeling just like, you know, if somebody says, how do you say that, you know, how do you know that you love your spouse or love your child or love your best friend? You can't always quantify it, but you know that it's there, right? You know that there's like an unbreakable bond. There is a something there that you would fight for, that you would protect that person for. And it's having that for yourself. I think that's beautiful. And it's like coming from like this place of, yeah, where maybe having these thoughts or feelings or, you know, these messages that we've been receiving, but really starting to shift that into, you know, that embodied feeling of just that deeper knowing. And so I know that that can be such a jump for some people, right? Especially, you know, I think we've received those messages that self love is you know narcissistic or you know selfish you know there's all these labels that demonize it and what it's supposed to be and what it truly means and then of course we've received those other deeper messages from our you know family or maybe the inadvertent messages you know and we take on and internalize 
the traumas of our family, the ancestral pieces. There's, you know, obviously there's so many different factors that make up our consciousness and what's underneath that. But, you know, how do we move from that space to, to that deeper knowing? Like what, what would you say would be some, um, some ways that we can make those shifts? I mean, there is no one size fits all, obviously. Um, but I think, yeah, it is important to recognize too that there are challenges when you are in a place of like self-hatred, moving to self-love can feel impossible, overwhelming, kind of like a joke, right? Like it's, it's this like unreachable thing. Like, why should I even bother? And it doesn't happen overnight and it's totally a journey. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of steps in there. Um, but some things that we can start doing, like some actual, like tangible, practical things that we can start doing. Um, number one, I would say listening to things like this, listening to podcasts like this, having these conversations, right? Surrounding yourself with people who are in this space, whether that be a podcast in person, in a in, you know, Facebook group, it doesn't really matter. But like surrounding yourself with other people who are having these conversations, who are contemplating this, who are testing the waters, so to speak, who are willing and able to go there with you. Because I can tell you, I, I did this really on my own. Like I like this journey, I took most of this on my own. And I think a lot of people did before, you know, podcasts were so popular before these things and it's really lonely and it sucks. So, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people. And when you start doing that, what that will inevitably do is help you create a level of awareness that you didn't previously have. Now, if we are not aware of things, we can't change them. Awareness is empowerment. So become aware of your own self-talk, become aware of those stories that you have inside your head, right? Like the, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I need to look a certain way before I can be loved or before I can be successful or whatever that is for you. We all, we all have our own version. So have that level of awareness because once you have awareness, then you can get to this place of going, oh, all that story's back. What do I want to do with it? How do I want to address it? Right? Like, so awareness gives you the power to create shifts. And then I would say like the, the one thing, if you do nothing else, the one thing that is going to create such a massive shift. And it's something that I still use all the time. And, you know, all the clients that I work with, I use, and like, I, I just, it's the one I like, I talk about it constantly because it's so powerful is curiosity curiosity and it's it's such a it seems like such a simple thing and I've had people be like but how does it really help uh it changes everything because curiosity is the polar opposite of judgment they are like two opposite ends on a spectrum and when we are not liking ourselves not loving ourselves stuck in those really like low vibrational places it ends up being a bit of a feedback loop of judgment right we judge ourselves you're not good enough you're too fat you're not worthy you're we fill in the blank. And then we notice that we're judging ourselves and we're like, wow, you're being really mean. Like, where did this voice come from? Why are you doing this? Why can't you just stop? Why can't you just get over yourself? So you're judging yourself for judging yourself. And then you keep judging yourself and you just sort of stay in. And it's like this closed loop and it's a really awful place. And that's where so many people live and, and you know, might not even necessarily have the awareness that there, there's an alternative, right? There's something else. And what happens when you bring in curiosity is it breaks the loop, breaks you out of the loop because curiosity is simply asking questions and being willing to look at things from a different point of view. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, 
Isn't it interesting that this old story is coming up again of I'm not worthy. I wonder where this came from. Isn't it interesting that, you know, I'm judging myself really harshly for this. I wonder why I'm being so mean. I wonder where this story came from. Did it come from my mother and my grandmother? Is this an ancestral thing? I wonder if maybe there's a different way of looking at this, right? Like, so curiosity is literally just being willing to look at things from a different point of view, asking questions. And again, from that place, then we get to make different choices. So if you do nothing else, honestly, looking at things through a lens of curiosity will change your life in every way, change your life. I love that intermediary step of, I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder where this comes from. I wonder, yeah, that's, and it's interesting that, you know, when I listen to my daughters, they wonder all the time. Yeah. So it's almost like bringing back that kid, like awe and wonder into our adult self. Cause I mean, I can relate to, I use, I, well, and I still, I'm not saying I've figured this all out. I, I can take myself so seriously. Yeah. And, and then life becomes so serious because I'm looking through this lens of it has to be hard. It's got to be a challenge all the time. You know, I got to work hard to do these practices towards self-love. And I'm like, well, what if it's not? What if it's a wondering with that mm-hmm. sort of childlike imagination? So I love that you bring, uh, bring that in as a way to kind of lean into self-love when we're not so sure if, if this is the direction that we're supposed to be supposed to be going. Um, And I'm curious, like, with this wondering process, I guess that's just what I'll call it, or curiosity, like, how does that influence our mental well-being and health? Because that's such, it's such an issue right now with people, like you mentioned, like, people that hate themselves, or their bodies, Um, how can that sort of turn the wheel uh, more towards self-love? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Like it is such a challenge. There's so many people who are suffering from, you know, whatever it happens to be mental health challenges, right? Depression, anxiety, fill in the blank. And I think curiosity again, can break us out of the judgment of that because a lot of people are feeling depressed or feeling anxious and then feel ashamed that they're anxious and then feel ashamed that they're depressed. And then what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get over it? right? That's the, that's a judgment. That's a judgment of self. What's wrong with me. There is something wrong with me. Why can't I just get over it? And so bringing curiosity in again, shifts the shame. It shifts the judgment. I wonder if maybe I need help with this. I wonder if talking to somebody about this is going to completely change my life. You know, it's, I think mental health challenges is something that I think every, I think every single one of us struggled with in our own way. I don't think there's anyone untouched, just like we all have had our own physical health challenges. We've all had the flu. We've all had colds. We've all, you know, had those sort of, you know, broken bones or bruises or whatever it happens to be. We've all had physical health stuff. We've all had mental health stuff. And so when you start being more curious about it, curiosity inevitably leads to compassion, Mm -hmm. right? Curiosity inevitably leads to compassion. And when you can be more compassionate with yourself, when you can be more loving and kind to yourself. And I'm not talking about just like being in a place of self-love because that can still feel far away, but just loving, right? Loving is a choice, being loving, choosing kinder words, choosing kinder thoughts. Um, It can take away the stigma and just take the pressure off, really. Just knowing that you're okay, you're not broken. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, that's so key, right? Because I think there's so many people that struggle with mental health, right? And as a psychotherapist, like I see it all the time, you know, working with people and, you know, there's so many beliefs and, you know, patterns that they struggle with. And, you know, so working to, to help, you know, understand through compassion and self-love, because when, because I think there's also this idea in, you know, in our culture that we, you know, can't be human. We have to like go to the light. We have to, you know, feel good all the time, you know, rather than, you know, really honoring our humanness and the emotions that come with that. And, you know, cause we're so much more apt to have compassion for someone else going through something very similar than we are on ourselves. Like, you know, we, I think, should on should all over ourselves, right? We should get over this, you know, or we shouldn't feel this way, or we should, you know, be able to handle this or be strong or whatever the case may be. And so it makes it really, you know, challenging. And so, you know, for, for people to like go through that healing process, but I think, you know, being able to allow ourselves to honor the depths of our humanness, those emotions with deep compassion. And that's, you know, I think a really important um, tool to do that. And I love like what you said about just leading into, you know, that curiosity, getting curious, because when we are curious, we're asking those questions and then those questions invoke answers. And then we're going to continue to that exploration process, which is so powerful. So this journey of self-love and, you know, acceptance, you know, why, why should it matter for some people? Why should it matter for all of us to really dive deep and in, in getting into these spaces of self-love? Oh my goodness. This is such a good question. And there's so many answers that I have for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so your, your relationship with self, each, for each of us, our relationship with self is the longest and deepest relationship we will ever have. Mm-hmm. It's longer than the one you will have with your parents, with your children, with your spouse, with your friends. You are with yourself from the moment you are born till the moment you die maybe longer, depending on, depending on your point of view. Right. But like you are with yourself, you are in your own head. You are never without yourself. And if that relationship is not nurtured, if that relationship is in a dark place or in a place of self-hatred or self-loathing, it is going to impact negatively impact every single thing in your entire life. There is nothing in your life that will remain untouched. The same is true when you begin moving into a loving, kind, compassionate space. There is nothing in your life that will remain untouched, which means that if you want to be really healthy, if that's your thing, start with love. Because the, when you up that vibration, I mean, we all know, I think by now, most of us know that your energy and your mental state and your vibration impact your physical health in more ways than we ever imagined, right? It's going to change your health. If you have a business or your career path, it is going to change that because you are going to show up differently. Your energy is going to be different. Um, 
your finances, right? It's hugely going to influence that, your self-worth, all of your relationships. Again, whether it be friendships, that with a partner, children, family members, you are going to be showing up in a different way, which means it's going to positively impact every single relationship in your life. There is nothing, like I know it sounds crazy, but there is absolutely nothing that will be untouched. And if somebody had said this to me years ago, I think I would have laughed and been like, no, that's like, there's, there's nothing that impacts that. No, but you are the common denominator between everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to change. It's going to change everything. I know it's, it, it sounds kind of crazy when I say that. And just understand too, like we have this relationship with stuff, whether you like it or not whether you're paying attention to it or not, whether you're nurturing it or not, you have a relationship with yourself. That is that negative self-talk. That's that negative voice or it's that positive voice. It's going to be there. The choice is what you want to do with it. How do you want to approach it? Do you want to make that one of love, compassion, and kindness? Do you want to have a positive inner world so that you can mirror that into your outer world and so that it's mirrored back to you? Or if you want to have it be negative, you want to keep ignoring it, you want to stay in the shadows, that's a choice that you have. But just know that it's happening, whether you're conscious of it or not. Mm. That that was a beautiful answer. I Mm. started me thinking in different directions. And and where I started going with that, as you mentioned, you know, the self-love connection to ourself and how it touches and impacts you know, our, ourselves and every other person, what would you say then to how does it impact our relationship with spirit, universe, God, whatever, whatever you want to, whichever vocabulary you want to use, like, what is that like more, I guess, bigger impact on how we view our spiritual journey? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, it impacts everything, right? Which includes our own spirituality. I like to use like universe and spirit. That's sort of my, my personal vocabulary that I use, but it elevates you to a place where, at least in my own experience, where I feel like I can connect easier. When I was in the depths, when I was sort of living in those really low vibrational places, I wasn't even aware of my own spirituality. I wasn't even aware of my connection to that, which is greater. I wasn't aware that like, it it just wasn't even part of my consciousness. And I feel like I was almost, you know, like, like in a hole in the ground. And there was like these darkness and this like walls around me. And I could see that there's some blue sky up there somewhere, but I couldn't access it. It was like, it was cut off from me. I didn't have a ladder to get out of this hole. And so now that I feel like I am sort of climbing out of the hole, it's like there's this whole world available, this world of that which is greater spirit, God, universe, you know, source, the one. And love is the highest vibrational state there is, right? Love is it. I believe, I, I believe that we are all love. I think that it is our core nature. Like, I think that that is what we are. So coming back to love within ourselves first, I actually think brings us closer to everybody else on the planet. I don't think that we're learning to love ourselves. I think we're remembering how to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like Brenda, before you said that your, your children, you see them like wondering, you see the curiosity in them. We all innately have it. Mm -hmm. It's just, I believe it's conditioned out of us. And all we're doing is remembering. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we coming back to that core of, you know, when we can come back, you know, to that that love, you know, and and really learning to remember, you know, that we are all like you know, these diamonds waiting to shine and it's all within us, but then, you know, that cultural conditioning and, you know, all the messages get stacked on there. And and so it's about moving through that energy. It's all energy, right? The energy, the emotions, energy, emotion. And, and so like releasing that. And so, you know, working to get to that, back to that place and raising our vibration. And I'm just curious, you know, what is, what are your thoughts on, yeah, how, how that process happens, raising the vibration and how like the self-love journey and really diving deep can help, you know, not only ourselves, but raise the vibration of the planet. And what, what are the implications for that as you see, us moving forward in this place of love yeah our own so first i want to say that your vibration is your responsibility i think i think at the core i think that's like that step one is recognizing that that's on you it's not on you know it's not on a partner it's not on the people around you it's on you it's like it's taking that like personal responsibility and understanding that you have the power to shift if you want to. And when you step into this place, and it's not like a one-step thing, it's a, it's a constantly little bit by little bit, but it's like learning about yourself, really, at the, at, at the core, when you're talking about personal responsibility, you have to learn what feels good for you. You have to learn what lights you up. You have to learn what sets your soul on fire, what makes you smile, what makes you want to like dance and laugh and sing and like you need to find that within yourself and it's actually a really fun discovery process that we all get to do it's not something you have to do it's a privilege that we get to do this that we are at a place in the world where this is an option right like how exciting Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's when somebody asks you like what do you like to do what makes you happy a lot of people don't even have an answer for that because it's not something that we're we're always taught that we need to do right so so it's that, right? Taking responsibility, going on that exploration, finding that that makes you happy. Like I can tell you that I multiple times a day blast music and dance around my house. It is like the thing and like moving yeah. my body, getting it into my body. It is the mm-hmm. thing that can switch me almost instantly mm-hmm. into a great headspace. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other part of your question? Greater implications? Is that where we're going with this? Yeah, for raising the vibration of the planet. Like how do you see the inner affecting the outer and and how that's really manifesting Mm. Mm. we are all one we are all one and when we shift ourselves it shifts others like there there has been i read a study recently i shouldn't say i read a study i read about a study recently and it was um where they take in several Buddhist monks into like a certain space. I don't remember where it was a city or a village or something and had them meditate. And they had like measured the happiness levels of the villagers around them. And it was over a certain amount of time. Like it was really fascinating. And just by these monks meditating, being in this space of cultivating incredible amounts of compassion within themselves, the people around them all had shifts. It was like, like it was crazy. Like the, the shifts that they created, even though those people may not have they weren't meditating. They may not have even been aware that this was happening. There were huge shifts. 
and I love, I'm, I'm very much a blend of, of science and spirituality. Like I like both, like give me some woo, but also give me the proof behind it. Like that, that's just how, <laughs> that's how my brain works. <laughs> so reading something like this, it's like, we are one, what happens within you ripples into those around you. It, it ripples out and you might not be conscious of it. There might not be even an intention behind it, but it happens whether you like it or not. So when you are taking that ultimate personal responsibility, when you are finding what lights you up, when you are consciously stepping towards compassion, stepping towards that energy of love, it is going to ripple and it ripples to those around you in your direct environment. It ripples wider and wider and wider. And I think too, nowadays where we have, you know, things like social media, it's not just the people in our direct geographical vicinity that we have the ability to impact, right? We get to impact the world. We get to impact people in all corners of the globe. So when you take that responsibility on yourself and you begin to create those shifts, your ripples get to go far and wide. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a privilege and that's pretty exciting. And that's how we get to create big shifts, but it starts, it starts with you. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me think of you know the studies that the HeartMath Institute have done. Um, if you're familiar with them, like you know, and and measuring the electromagnetic field around the heart and how how wide that really spreads, and you know, it's it's all so contagious, and you know, it's you know, when we open up our heart energy and our vibration, our you know, sending out that love, it really does ripple into. Mm-hmm each person you come into contact with and it you know just helps i think continuing to raise the vibration of the planet as we're raising our own vibration by doing our own healing work and our own inner journey and it's not like you can go from you know here to there like you know without doing the work and just saying everything's fine right there's some inner work with that and recognizing what's coming up under the surface and feeling feeling those dark emotions and it doesn't have to be you know this forever process but it's an ongoing process of something you know what's the next layer of healing you know i've been personally on a healing this healing journey for probably well over 20 years i mean everything is you know culminated and but like even things i've worked on you know maybe 20 years ago are still coming up but in a different form it's my life you know my life uh theme so to speak that has been you know something I've learned but it, each time I work on it there's another layer to it a new understanding and so every time you know I do that then there's this you know new vibration new understanding that I can move forward with um, but if something is coming up you know we have to ask ourselves what is this about you know, what is, what is coming up? What is this here to teach me? And as we're doing that inner work, we're continuing to, yeah, able to access those deeper feelings because once we access those darker, like quote, darker feelings, you know, the more difficult feelings on a deeper level, we're able to access that joy and that love and the deeper feelings on the other side too, because it's, it's about balance, you know? So I think we, it's important to, to have both and to recognize and honor both sides because there's 
you know, and then the in-between. But the, you know, it's all about honoring so we can feel the depths of the deep emotions. Yeah. That's been my experience. Yeah. And and I want to add to that as well. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you guys see this, but I have a lot of people come to me and say, I have this part of, I have this part of myself and I mm. just want it to go away. I want to mm. rip it out. I want to, you know, like they, there's a part of themselves that they, that they hate, whether that be the judgmental part, whether that be, you know, the part like your shadow self, right? Like a, whatever it is, most, most people I would say have this. And I absolutely did as well. Um, and I'm a firm believer that rejecting part of yourself is not healing. Mm-hmm. You cannot reject part of yourself or rip a part of yourself out and mm-hmm. expect to be happy and whole. Totally. It's not about ripping it out, right? It's about looking at it, loving the crap out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> making the choice, right? Making the choice to see it, making the choice to heal it, to nurture it, whatever, whatever that means for you, right? Look at it, heal it, and then lovingly embrace it and incorporate it into you. And, you know, so the part of you that is mean, nasty, name calling, the part of you that is binging, the part of you that is making decisions that you're like, why, why do I keep making these decisions? Why do I keep looping back to the same place? Look at that part, whether it be by yourself, whether it be with the help of a therapist or a coach or whatever it happens to be, like, look at that part and learn to integrate that part. And like that to me that is healing and it's like this ongoing beautiful process where and it's not always dark right like it's not always like deep shadow work Mm -hmm. sometimes it is but sometimes it's just looking at it and being like oh that's just that's just you know 10 year old me who's really just wants a hug Mm -hmm. and I can give her a hug and it's okay Mm -hmm. and it gets to be like a really beautiful process yeah, I find so often with some of my own, what do you call it, shadow work or darker side work, instead of just trying to fix it or trying to make it better to go away, a lot of times I'll be like, why is it showing up? I think it goes back to curiosity. Curiosity. Like, yep. yeah, I'm like, hmm, what, what message does this anxiety have for me? What is it trying to show me that I need to either learn a bit more about myself or the others around me? And so that has been really healing for me instead of just trying to push it aside or try some modality or something to fix it, to make it go away. Cause it's just human nature. We don't want to struggle. We don't want to suffer. Like that's, that's just a part of our human nature. We, we want to be happy. We want to be in this place of love, but for many of us, I should say, and for many of us, in order to fully embrace that, we do have to look at some of those darker shadowy sides and be like, oh, that's why she's has shown up again. I And I usually give her a pronoun of she. That's just me. But I kind of characterize her as a she like, oh, there's anxiety. She's back again. It's it's all good. She's here to show me something about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. She has a message, right? She she yeah. is a messenger. She's bringing something to the forefront of my consciousness let's just look at it. Let's honor it. What, is, what, has, what has she brought? What needs to be seen, heard, loved, nurtured today? What, what, do, what do I need? What does this part of me need? Yeah. yeah. Curious, see, curiosity, asking questions. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. coming back to self-love, right? Loving that part of ourselves yeah. or coming with compassion, right? Yeah. Because that compassion will show us, you know, that 
it's okay. You know, she was maybe needed, yeah, maybe needed that hug, maybe needed some reassurance, maybe just needed some validation, yeah. you know, as we, we all need those things, right? We, we don't live in a bubble and, and recognizing our humanness, our vulnerabilities, and it's okay to, to need, you know, that kind of love and support and, and being able to give it to ourselves in those moments, you know, and, and because that is, you know, that's the responsibility part. We get to take responsibility now, you know, we're not a child anymore. And, and, and I think it's also important to even, you know, come coming into a place of, you know, having compassion for our parents, right. Who may not have been able to give us our, what we needed in those moments because they're human too. And they were going through their own struggles. And so not blaming or, you know, shaming or guilting or anything, you know, but really, yeah, honoring where we're at, what we received, because each lesson has been there to serve our highest good. And I believe in my experience, you know, it's part of our spiritual journey that what we chose here before we came down to, to incarnate in these beautiful human vessels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I would add to that as well, is that this process of seeing what came from our parents of, um, you know, having compassion for them. I would say too, that the more in my experience, the more you do this work, the faster that happens, mm-hmm. the faster, and it becomes default after, after a while, right. At the mm-hmm. beginning, it's very conscious, consciously mm-hmm. looking at the judgments, constantly finding compassion, like, like, like just um, consciously being so aware. And after a while, it just becomes like the default setting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work. My mom uh, passed away a long time ago and my dad is still around and I've done a lot of work uh, with, you know, like childhood, inner child stuff and both of my parents. And it's like, when you can just see them as other humans doing the mm-hmm. best they can, mm-hmm. we are all on our own journey. All, any of those, like the sticky feelings, any of those, like, like why why did they do this and how could they do this and it it loses its traction because Mm -hmm. they're they're just other humans and whatever we have been through whatever they have taught us whatever they brought to our consciousness to our experience I agree with you Stacey I think we chose it I think it's something that we needed Mm -hmm. and then we can be grateful and when you step into that gratitude you know as, as you guys know, gratitude shifts everything as well. Gratitude is the ultimate shift towards that of love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Katie. We are so grateful for having you on Be The Love podcast. It's been such an amazing conversation. So tell our listeners where they can find you and anything you're currently working on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me guys. This has been amazing. People can find me, my website. It's just my name, katieallen.co, or I'm on Facebook and Instagram at katieallencoaching on both. Um, and I am currently working on, so I currently offer one-to-one coaching. That is the, that is the, the main thing that's happening. There is a group program that is being slowly developed, nurtured in the background, but it is, it's not live as of yet. 
Um, and the work that I do really is a lot of what we've talked about today. It's helping people learn to step into that energy of self-love, self-acceptance in a really practical, tangible way every day um, so that it impacts your life as a whole. I work with a lot of business owners, but not just business owners, um, because, you know, this, like I said before, this impacts everything in your life in a positive way. Um, so yeah, if you want to know more about me or the work that I do head to my website, I do offer, um, like free calls. If you just want to have a chat about this, if you're just curious about what this could look like for you, um, I do offer sort of free discovery calls. There is a link on there to set one up. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being here with us today. Really appreciated just your, your thoughts and, you know, your journey. And thank you for sharing that with us. And I know it'll be really helpful and plant some seeds for our listeners. So appreciate that and thank you for listening to be the love podcast if you've enjoyed listening to our show please share the love by sharing it with your friends giving us a five-star written review on itunes or liking us on facebook please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts myself and brenda a monthly donation of two dollars and 22 cents and five dollars and 55 cents really helps with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love to contribute please visit our patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on mondays and thursdays at 5 55 a.m mountain time Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.